Stay tuned for another sports presentation on the worldwide leader of Marshall University Athletics coverage, the Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. It's time for Sports Buzz, WMUL's weekly sports talk show with a competitive twist. Four enter, but only one will leave as this week's champion of current sports topics. And now, here's this week's moderator. Welcome into Sports Buzz. I am this week's moderator, Christian Palmer. We're all excited to be back. Feels like forever since we've had this show with Thanksgiving break being last week. I know this is one of the favorite shows among the members of the sports staff, so I'll go ahead and let the guys on tonight's panel introduce themselves, Introduce themselves, starting with the man who's won, it seems like, almost every one of these the past semester. Yeah, I, I believe I've a master record of six zero and one. I lost a thirty minute sports buzz show, but I don't count that as a full loss. So, we'll, we'll try to get the uh, the final W. I, this is the the final sports buzz of the semester, correct? That I'm actually not certain on. We might have one next week, but who, who knows? With maybe, ne- maybe not. We'll see. It could possibly be the last sports buzz. So, but we're ready to go. I'm Alex Jackson, by the way. I'm Sean Kelly. It's uh, it's great to be back. It's been a long time. I'm Zane Townsend. I went against Alex in the championship round at one point and lost. Well, maybe if Derrick Henry didn't get injured, my MVP prediction probably would have gotten came true. And I'm Tyler Kennan. I'm here uh, for once. Dead week is equal to time that I can actually miss a class, so I'm able to come in and do this. I'm pretty excited. And I accidentally had Tyler's mic down a little bit at the beginning. So that's Tyler Kenneth, a fourth member of our panel. But turned it up right after that, so they heard the rest of what you said there, Tyler. But we'll go ahead and get into our first topic of the night, guys. Going to start in NFL. It seems like more than ever, the league is just wide open this year. Not necessarily one team dominating over the other. It was For years, we knew the Patriots seemed like every year we're going to be in the Super Bowl. And... The Chiefs were head and shoulders above everyone else. It seemed like in, in the regular season the past few years, but it, the league just seems wide open. There's, you know, nobody went undefeated for a long time. Everybody has, I believe, at least three losses. So, with all that being said, I want to know from your from you guys, who is your updated favorite to win the Super Bowl this year? And I'm going to start off with Zane Townsend. Well, my favorite to win the Super Bowl in terms of the AFC. That dynasty's not dead. I think it's the New England Patriots. That with a rookie quarterback like Mac Jones, who is very accurate on the short passes like Tom Brady was, he is just a younger version of Tom Brady. Still, he has two digits on his jersey as well, so that's not a coincidence, is it? But I, I think New England is a favorite to win. Their defense is stacked this year. The offense seems pretty good. And well, if I want to go for a favor for the favorite for the NFC, it's a three-way tie, honestly, between the Buccaneers, the Packers, and the Rams. Now the Rams haven't been good in November, but I'm—they've got so much talent that it's possible that they can be able to bounce back. Matthew Stafford just had an off month, and I think he can be able to get it back together. But I also see Aaron Rodgers wanting to pull out a Super Bowl win right before he leaves Green Bay, and well, I also see Tom Brady wanting to go for his eighth. Super Bowl win, and the Buccaneers want that repeat. Now, in in the in the AFC, I would 
also probably say the Patriots. Mac Jones and the, Mac Jones seems to be getting more comfortable. They're a hot team right now. They've won six straight. I would say they're the favorite in the AFC right now. And I understand, you know, you always got to watch out for Tom Brady. The Bucks seem to be one of the favorites, at least in the NFC right now. But I got to say the Packers in the, in the uh, NFC. It seems like even with all the drama with Aaron Rodgers, the whole COVID thing, the toe thing, the Packers seem to still be going strong. And they've been some pretty good opponents over the uh, over this past little bit. They've beaten the Rams this past week. I know that they've been slipping a little bit in the past couple weeks, but they're still a good team. They've beaten the Cardinals and some other solid teams in the Steelers and Bengals. And I, I, I got to say the Packers right now. I have, a, I have a good feeling about them in the, in the NFC. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. And, uh, you know, the way I look at it is you look at the remainder of their schedule. I mean, there's a tough game against Buffalo, but it's at home. They have the Falcons. They play the Panthers twice, who just lost their star running back, Christian McCaffrey, for the season. They go on the road to the Jets, which might as well be going on the road to Arby's down the street. So looking at the remainder of this schedule, uh, I think that it shapes up very nicely for Tom Brady. And, and what happens? The team gets rolling and you, you get Tom Brady in the playoffs. Look at what they did last year. Coming out of the bye week, um, last year they were 7-5, and five, I believe. They finished 11-5 and five and then ended up making a run. I think things are going to end up shaping pretty favorably for them. And I would take Tom Brady over just about anybody when it comes to the playoffs. I mean, it really does take a really strong team effort to take him out, especially with this roster that they have. And eventually... Antonio Brown will return. They said he's going to miss a couple more games after this. But, you know, it, it seems like the team's starting to finally hit their stride again after kind of a little bit of a rough patch. I'm going to go uh, in a different direction. I have said the Cardinals all year, and it's easy to say the Cardinals now. Cardinals have struggled a little uh, past couple of games. Lost to the Packers, which is pretty important because you consider that those teams will likely meet each other in the playoffs. So I think that that will be like a – thing that makes me lose a little bit of confidence in the Cardinals I'm actually gonna go with the Ravens I this is probably like a wild take uh out in left field Lamar Jackson's not looked very great the past couple of weeks but when you look at the Ravens the rest of the season for the Ravens is not really that difficult because you look at it down the line Steelers twice I feel like those could be chalked up as close games because it's a rivalry but the Steelers have struggled so much that I just don't understand how the Ravens could blow it if Jackson returns to form already beat the Browns you play them again see if you can sweep the season on them Packers is probably your biggest challenge of the year that's a big game and if you can beat the Packers then I think you really have a case to be a favorite uh the Bengals have been blanking everybody so that's a toss-up game and the Rams if they stay on the downtrend could be a winnable contest there Offense has struggled a little bit despite the ads. So I, I just feel like the Ravens have a fun team to watch, and they've kind of creeped up really silently as one of the best teams in all of the AFC. I know everyone's – for some reason everybody's on the Patriots. I I appreciate that, but I also look at, you know, some of the talent you have in the AFC at quarterback. You have Josh Allen presumably going to make the playoffs. Uh, Mahomes is going to be Mahomes even if he's on a bad year. The Titans are going to creep in which is weird because, you know, they're kind of out. I don't think that, you know, they're going to be one of those teams similar to the Raiders a few years ago where they were on such a big roll and then lost their best player and it became hard in the playoffs. So I feel like the Patriots will struggle struggle a little bit because of just lack of experience from quarterback uh, comparatively to everyone else. I, I don't think that the championship will run through New England, but 
I would like to see the Ravens go. They haven't went in a few years. Can I ask you a question? Sure. So for the remainder of this season, what game do you look at on the Ravens' schedule and say that they're a clear favorite to win? I mean, both Steelers games. A clear favorite to win. Clear favorite. Do you, are you giving it to They them? lost to the Dolphins three weeks ago. They put up 16 points. Lamar threw four interceptions against the Browns, and then they struggled against the Bears. They're the last... still leading in their division, though. It's not like they're some middle-of-the-pack team. They're still leading against the teams they have to play to get out. Football's about trends, though. In the last three they're weeks— They're trending as the number one team in that division. They've already defeated okay. the Browns once, so I would imagine they would be fair. What happened to when they played the again. Bengals? Well, I mean, it's a team that has already blanked everyone else I'm in the talking, conference, but they're not like a big, powerful they, offense. It's just that you can throw it to Jamar, Ta- Jamar Chase five times. They put 41 points on the Ravens' defense. I mean, we're talking about a division. They're leading in a division that is pretty tough. I mean, you, I look so, at— Okay, so that helps a little bit for I me, look, I would imagine. I look at every single team on the rest of their schedule and say, okay, you got some divisional matchups here that are toss-up games, right? I mean, when you think about it, that 41-17 game— Lamar Jackson still put up over 300 yards of offense. He, and he just couldn't get in the end zone. And he threw four picks this last weekend. So, But do you not think that Lamar Jackson is still a catalyst on the offense in the NFL? Well, sure. But what I'm saying is you, you talked about their schedule like it was weak. I mean, I mean, I would are consider you, it to be pretty weak. The Steelers. Would you, you bet the twice. house that they go and beat Pittsburgh on the road this weekend? I mean, would you ever? Because it's the Steelers. It's the biggest rivalry in the entirety of the okay. NFL. But in terms of pure talent, I would favor them over the Steelers right now, yes. But you, I would bet my cardboard box house on that. What, would you bet them a bunch of money to go on the road and beat Cleveland? Yes. You would? Yes. Why? Cleveland is a disappointment this year and has been. They've already beat them once. They beat them once by six points and Lamar threw four picks. They though. won. They won at with home. Four, they won with four they picks. They won at home. Baker threw a bunch of picks too. What about the Packers? I just said that I don't think that that game is a clear favorite for either side. They're two of the best teams in football. I look that's, at, not, that's not uh, what you said. They won with four picks, but that's that's not a, 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 a trend that that is that is stable you, you can't keep winning games especially going into the playoffs Do you think lamar jackson's throwing like four that. picks for the rest of the season well no games? no that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying with you, you know you have games like that you, you you can't keep winning games like that and if you're talking about trends going back to the nfc what happened last year in the nfc championship game it was bucks and packers and sure the packers lost but the packers hung in there the entire game and the Bucks, you have to watch out for too. I feel like if there's anyone who would win the Super Bowl, it would be through the NFC. I feel like the Packers and Bucks are are are, are stronger teams. You always have to watch, like I said, you always have to watch out for Brady. And the Packers could be coming in with a vengeance if if they if they play again in a rematch in the NFC Championship. I mean, who I don't knows? understand I that. Like, like you know, you know, Brady is this ever-present being, and I mean, he is probably the best quarterback statistically this season. But we can't just discount it as like, you know, every quarterback except for Lamar Jackson is this guy that can just win you a, win you a championship. It's like, you know, Mahomes has probably had one of the worst years in football, but you wouldn't look at me and tell me that the Chiefs aren't a contender for the Super Bowl because he won a Super Bowl. But, took him to the but Super Lamar Bowl Jackson has won an MVP. Is he not like a? But valid has Lamar player? Jackson been to a Super Bowl? No, I no. mean, who's he we, had to play we, against? What are you talking about? He's who literally did Mahomes had, have to play against? Uh, Brady. I mean, he's been against so many people. I mean, exactly. he, he so knocked out Brady. He knocked your out. Your argument Lamar. is: Can okay, a guy yeah, who's yet to lead his team to the Super Bowl lead them to a Super Bowl? That's a question. Has, has, can a guy who is yet to lead his team against the Super to the Super Bowl in a, in a division that used to have so much more talent at quarterback beat some guys? Like when you look at the standings, that he literally has most more experience than everyone in the side, except for Patrick Mahomes. Wait, who's hold had on, a hold down on. Are you saying that? Uh, 
Are, are you saying that Joe Flacco was just a fluke during their uh, 2012 Super Bowl run? I mean, I would I would argue that I think the defense carried that year, but it's not 2012. It wasn't the defense that uh, beat Denver on the road in double overtime. I mean, I'm looking at it and I'm saying that if if the Ravens can buckle down and use Lamar as the lead rusher like he has been for so much of the season, and then he could just throw the ball a little bit better, a little bit safer in the option. It's not like but who does look he have the th- who does he have to throw to aside from Mark Andrews? Uh, He's got Marquise Brown. Marquise Brown has been receiver. having a down year. He's never really been like a and, top level guy. Well. Yet. Well, then why would he be somebody where we're supposed to be worried about him throwing yeah. to him? Like, I mean, he's yeah. still like a one of the NFL's best receiving targets. I mean, he gets so a lot of So is he one of the best receiving I mean, targets, or is he not okay, good? Okay, so like, if, if the guy's your top option at wide receiver, are you not going to throw him the ball for the entire game? Should we just not keep an eye out on him at all just because he's not comparable but you just to said like he wasn't everyone good. else on the team? I mean, has if the team's receiving core would be good. I don't think we'd be having this conversation about why Lamar Jackson. It's literally every single year everybody's like, oh, Lamar Jackson sucks. Lamar Jackson sucks. When he's Nobody like one of the best, no. like, he's Nobody, one of the best I never stat patterns in the entire league, and it's like he's probably the most doubted player in the NFL in the past 10 years. I never said that he sucked. I said I don't, think, I don't know if the Ravens will be able to just roll through the rest of their schedule. And honestly, if you look at it, Compared to us, like any quarterback in the NFL is pretty much going to be better than us at throwing a ball. Or, well, yeah, but that's but, not that's not the point. The point is, I mean, if you if if there's if any you, time to criticize Lamar, it's after a four interception game. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's that's good. Yeah, but I never I didn't say anything about Lamar. I said you look at their schedule; these are tough games, and also the Ravens haven't had a truly like complete win since they beat the Chargers in October. Over a month ago, when they won 34 to six, since then blowout loss to the Bengals, an overtime win against the Vikings, a loss to the Dolphins on the road, a comfort behind win against the Bears, and then a four interception game, but still hold on for a win against the Browns. It's I mean, really hard to get. So everybody this else's year. pick is yeah. the Patriots. They've got to run through Josh Allen and the nation and the NFL's leading rusher. Neither one of those games. They're probably probably losses. I would I say did, they weren't my favorite. But I'm saying that okay. So let's go to the Bucks. Just give me a moment. Everybody's got to pull up the schedules. I mean, you look at it. Buccaneers have got to play the Falcons. Division sucks. They're going to win that game. Yep. Panthers toss up because I mean, it's really just they just lost Christian McCaffrey. Chuba dude. Hubbard yeah. was also a very very good running back though. They're always going to have the run game. Jets easy win. Panthers. I I don't know. The Saints is also like one of those weird teams. They're just two weird teams. Yeah, they're a weird team missing their starting quarterback. Yeah, they have Trevor Simeon. It's a weird team that the Steelers have went on the downtrend the, the entire Saints year. Ha- they, because Saints they have the rivalry. They're all of a sudden magically. So weird. Trevor Simeon's still in the league though. The Saints haven't won in a month. You know, like I mean, you look at what they've done here. I mean, you you talk about trends, and I think that the Buccaneers schedule is far more favorable than. The Ravens, because you just you gave me clear wins that the Buccaneers will have, right? You said Falcons will be a win and the Jets will be a win. We cannot point to one game on the Ravens schedule and say that's a clear win. That is an absolute certain win. There just isn't one. It's not anything to do with the Ravens as much as it is you have the Buccaneers looking at a pretty favorable schedule and a lot of talent on the team. And I mean, the Tom Brady, a guy that's been there. This isn't a knock on Lamar Jackson. This you isn't a knock on the, the Steelers. Also, haven't won a game in a month. They tied with the Lions. Okay, but is so that a clear? But you, but you're you, not. I mean, you just use them. The team that the Bucks playing against losing for an entire month is a reason why they should be considered a heavy favorite. So when the Ravens are playing the Steelers, a team that has not won a game in a month, does it just not compute because Big Ben is just going to come out and do some magic, and the rivalry is just going to be too much for Lamar Jackson? I don't know. That's a what, better player. That's what you were saying. You said it's a rivalry game, and it'll be a close game. I mean, I mean that's how it usually goes. I mean, the entire history of that 
rivalry, but if I had to pick based on pure talent, I would go Ravens every time. Every time? Every time. Every time. Okay. That's fine. I mean... Best kicker. The... <laughs> Most sure. reliable, but you can't option. kick sixty-six yard field goals every game. But if you've got a guy that can kick a sixty-six yard field goal, then you don't have to have a lot of offense to get you down the field to beat. Okay, the sixty-six yard field goal—that's that a once them. in a. But I mean, the guy's that's got a, the range that within fifty, he's automatic in a dome. Within fifty, he's automatic. He has been for years. But that's not okay. I feel like we're, we've gone we've gone off the rails here. Yeah, yeah. It was great debate, so I was just letting you guys go for a while. So, but. <laughs> but We'll stay in the NFL for this next question here. I also feel like another thing that's kind of a toss-up right now, you could say that maybe a certain player is leading the way, but I want to know who is your pick to win MVP for the NFL this season. We're going to start things off with Sean. You know, this this might be an easy answer, but I'm I'm going with Brady. He's leading the NFL in passing, in passing touchdowns with 30. He's 11 passing yards behind that category's leader. You know, and especially you know his team being a Super Bowl contender again, they make they make noise in the playoffs again. I'm 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 going with the with the the uh, experienced person in that category in Brady. I, you know, hey, Tom Brady was my. If you go back and listen to the f- first sports buzz that I was on this semester, I predicted Tom Brady to win the MVP, and I agree with Sean. Well, well let's not. You know, we might as well stick with it. We talked about. You know, there were some disagreements on the Buccaneers' schedule, but I think it lines up pretty favorably for this team. And if he can get them to a place where they're like, you know, 12 or 13 wins potentially to end the season and then get them, you know, defending Super Bowl champions and keep putting up these great numbers in a year where you've seen players dip off. We had Matt Stafford. We talked about him for a while. He kind of fell off. We've got Rodgers working through some injuries. Derrick Henry, he was doing pretty well, and then he got injured. Yeah, we've had a lot of injuries. We've had a lot of inconsistent players. I mean, it, it looks like it's lining up pretty well for Brady here. I think that that's, that's definitely a safe bet. I'll go with a wild card. I don't like picking quarterbacks every year, and it's Brady if you're going quarterback. I don't think that there's really a contest right now. Rodgers is his game away from just losing grip uh, if he misses a game from injury or anything like that. I'm going to go Jonathan Taylor. I, I think that if Derrick Henry was playing – he would be an MVP favorite right now. And Jonathan Taylor has kind of, I mean, not, I mean, no one's matching Derrick Henry's production, but as a second year player in the league, Jonathan Taylor is definitively the best running back that's not, that's available to play right now. You know, I think that he's shown himself that even when healthy, I would only take Derrick Henry over Jonathan Taylor right now. If everyone else in the league's healthy, Christian McCaffrey, everyone, I think that I still take. Jonathan Taylor right now over everyone except for Derrick Henry. I think that Derrick Henry had a chance to be, you know, a record-breaking year, and you couldn't have given it to anyone else. Uh, unfortunately, though, that's not the case. So I, I like Jonathan Taylor. I think that this, the Colts aren't anything without him, and he's had some crazy good games this year. He's just been fun to watch. And I just want to give him the nod personally just because I am I just don't like how it's kind of turned into a quarterback award. If you want my quarterback, I'll give it to you, but I'll wait until somebody – picks up this is why i think the nfl should have its own iteration of like a cy young award where it's like for the best quarterback in the league you know considering that the mvp's yeah. been quarterbacks for nearly a decade at this point uh if you're going to go quarterback for mvp obviously uh tom brady but i'm wanting to uh say an entire team should deserve mvp because the talent of the dallas cowboys is the reason that Mike McCarthy still has a job in this league. 
it is just like the case when he had when he was a Packers head coach. He's just coasting on the talent. The talent of that team is just detrimental and pretty interesting. I mean, you you can't pull off the games they do with no talent whatsoever. So you would say Dak Prescott or like or do you just mean like the entire Cowboys run? Trayvon Diggs. I mean he's been nice, actually. I like watching Trayvon Diggs. He's been racking up points in terms of fantasy interceptions. Actually split and IEP. the split the MVP award for the first time in years. Let's give one half to Tom Brady, the other half to Trayvon Diggs, and let's just call it a day. About all that. I don't know. I, I do I got their quarterback in the mix. I I will, and I'll, I'll run away from Brady. Uh, Brady is the obvious favorite, betting favorite, etc. I don't want to say Aaron Rodgers just because, like, I know Aaron Rodgers is really good. I'll, I still like Kyler Murray a lot. I Kyler Murray's that, only thrown seventeen touchdowns this year. Yeah, and he's but, been hurt a lot, and yeah. I mean Rodgers was hurt, and Rodgers I still had like COVID. Murray just because yeah. you know he's the quarterback of one of the best teams record wise. So it's like I you can't ignore that. Uh, I do think that he's he's not succeeded as much as I'd like him to, considering the amount of talent that he has around him. But uh, he's made guys like Christian Kirk look really nice this year. And I, I don't know, I just like I just like Kyler Murray. He's been that was my Super Bowl pick at the beginning of the year. I said the Cardinals could go, and I don't think that that's going to be the case. But uh, it still gave me a lot of hope in terms of the Cardinals' future. Is uh, I think Murray's their guy, and and I if I had to run away from just like you know passing stat touchdown guys i think that murray's up there in terms of just production overall ability to just win a game all righty guys good debate once again we'll go ahead and switch sports here just have a few minutes for this question before we will head into break we're gonna go into the world of major league baseball for just a moment the new york mets have been making all kinds of moves Throughout the offseason so far, the Mets spent $254 million from Friday to Monday. With all of those recent moves, do you see the Mets as a legit World Series contender? And we'll start things off with Alex. Yes. I think the upside on this move is is pretty high. You know, a lot of people are going to talk about the age of the pitchers and, hey, you know, these are some risky moves. You're paying a lot of money. But when you add a three-time Cy Young winner to your team, to an already very good team, I mean, th- there's a reason that they've, you know, jumped to um, at least favorites, I believe, in, in their their conference. So I, I think they're definitely World Series contenders. I mean, you anytime you make a – in any sport, anytime you make a big-time move and add a superstar to your roster, whether or not you want to talk about injuries or age, the upside to this move is – very high, so I would I would say definitely yes, they are World Series contenders. The yeah. last time they got a superstar, though, that they thought would take them to the World Series was going to be Bobby Bonilla. And ever since then, I think they've been cursed see, because the, of Bobby see, Bonilla. See, Day. here's my point. Now, I'm now I'm a fan of an NL, NL East rival, and I'm and I'm not um, I'm going to try to not make that uh, a, a part of my thing. But what I'm getting at is I'm, I follow the NL East every single year, and I've seen the Mets mess up chances like this and do this time and time again. Remember last year? Last year in free agency, they signed one of the best catchers in free agency in James McCann. They signed Francisco Lindor, who going in was one of the best defensive uh, players in the MLB, and they don't even make the playoffs. They don't win the division. 
and 2007, the year after they win the Annalise, they have David Wright, Jose Reyes, Carlos Beltran in their primes. They're seven up with 17 to go, and they blow it. They blow to the vision of the Phillies. 2008, they get Cy Young Award winner uh, Johan Santana. They collapse again. I've seen this story too many times to believe that the Mets can do this. They just they just always seem to find ways to mess it up, and we've seen it last year. We've seen it in other years, and it, they can. Now, granted, Scherzer is a great addition. Scherzer had a great season last year, even better when he was with the Dodgers. But we've seen that you can get all the names and talent in the world, but if they don't mesh together, you just don't you just don't win. And this mistake keeps happening time and time again in Major League Baseball. And it's getting sickening at and this point. And lo- look with the Phillies. Look at the Phillies. They got Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper won the MVP last year. And now, granted, they don't have as much talent uh, player for player as the Mets, I would say. They have bad bullpen uh, issues. But that's another team where they get Zach Wheeler, an- another Cy Young candidate. They get Bryce Harper, and they still can't make the playoffs. This is, this is, a, this is a recurring issue, like you said. I, I don't know. I, I think that you have to at least give them a little bit of credit because, you know, we could talk in the past all we want to, but if we want to talk into the past about Max Scherzer, then he's been probably the best pitcher in one of debatably the best pitcher in the past, you know, recent history of baseball, five, ten years or so. So it's like adding him to the roster on its own cut their World Series odds in half. And I, I personally was thinking, you know, uh, You've got to cut the odds a little bit because anytime you get a big player acquisition, you have to change the odds so you don't have a risk of losing money if you're a booker or anything like that. But I would say that it's still pre- it's still pretty evident that there is a major change in the bullpen because I mean you, you have the Grom and Scherzer in the same rotation is just going to eat some teams alive uh, throughout some of those points in the season, especially with the Grom. I would imagine playing more this coming season. Uh, at better health so it's like you I, I i feel like lindor was a fluke and i only say that because like you know it's like he had the biggest contract in mets history so it's like obviously everybody's going to look at that with some great scrutiny and it sucks because i i'm a huge lindor fan so it's like it sucks to watch him not you know have a really bad year last year but uh i think that with the talent you have at pitching that there's a chance that uh the offense can be in a little bit of a slump and you can still battle through a few games so i don't know if i would call them like a favorite favorite but i would at least throw them into the playoffs next year like high level playoffs because last year you know they didn't even make the playoffs so you can't really just i don't think that adding what they've added is just going to completely jump you up into world series contention but i think it at least gets you in there with a chance well we have seen this song and dance so many times the new york mets getting all this talent around them then we're praising them saying this is going to be a very good playoff contender. And what do they do? They pull a Mets and just fail. And here's the thing I'll say with Scherzer. I'm not knocking Scherzer's talent. I'm not knocking the season that he had last year. But the thing is with him, he's 37. And in 2020, he had his highest DRA since 2011. Now, I'm not saying that. Is that a fluke? Maybe. But what that shows to me is maybe the clock is ticking on Max Scherzer. He's 37. He's getting up there in age. Who knows? But just the, all signs point to me. And let's not forget about the Braves. Let's not forget about the team that has won the NL East since 2018, every single year. They still have to beat them. And I feel like the, the Braves, 
even though they struggled, they, they struggled with Acuna last year. They they had uh, half the season out with Acuna, and they still won the NL East. I feel and like the Braves are the most well-rounded team in that division alone. And let's not forget World Series champions either. That so too. That, that that's not that's and, nothing and they, to stop uh, at. So you got the defending World Series champions in your division. So this is not going to be an easy road if you're the New York Mets. It's never been an easy road, and it I doubt it ever will be easy for them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that we can throw darts at the board all day about, you know, Acuna and everyone else. Like, the Braves are just purely getting better just on that returning player alone, you know. So it's like, won the World Series without him, what can they do with them? You know, that's like a thing that we'll think about forever. But I, I do think that you could at least throw them up a little bit because, I mean, you look at a team like the Red Sox was a team that no one really considered comparable in talent this year in the postseason ran through some teams that were extremely favored above them. So I, I feel like anybody's got a chance if you can get in. All you got to do is crack the playoffs. I think the Mets can at least do that. Then pitching wins the battle. All righty. That will be the first half of Sports Buzz. We're going to go ahead and step aside for a quick break. When we return, we will have to cut someone from the show, and then the last three will continue the battle on. We'll go ahead and step aside for a quick break. You're listening to Sports Buzz. for award-winning coverage of Marshall Athletics is right here on WMUL-FM Huntington, WFGH-FM Fort Gay, and WTHM-LP, Ravenswood, West Virginia. Welcome to the WMUL Sports Flavor Parlor at FM 88.1. What can I get for you, man? Uh, I don't know. What kind do you have? We have all types of award-winning sports flavors. Here, try a sample of Ferocious Football. Takes the low snap, avoids the rush, will fire it downfield. He's got wide open Xavier Gaines at the 15-yard line. Gaines is going to take it into the end zone for a touchdown, thundering her. Wow, that was awesome. How about an earful of soaring soccer? Over the goal kicker's head, it will be a goal. Outside of the box, Jamil Roberts with a long goal. Try vicious volleyball. Set up by Coulter for Sierra Bell. Down in a kill and a match for the thundering herd, 25-21. Slam in softball. Next pitch on the way. Harrell drives this one deep over into left field. Look up and say goodbye. Allie Harrell with a solo home run. Oh, baby, this place is popping. Give me a serving of FM88 Sports for each day of the week. Coming right at you right here on WMUL 88.1 FM. Here at the Institute for Better Radio, we're always looking for ways to improve your listening experience on 88.1 WMUL. By using trained monkeys, we try out new innovations here before bringing them to you, our listener. For instance, how does no commercial sound? Smashing! How about a wide music variety? Outstanding! Because we're not money-driven, we can bring you better radio here on 88.1 WMUL. Now, back to the lab. Welcome back into Sports Buzz. It is time to make a cut from tonight's panel. This is always the part of the show that I hate. I'm going to have to go with Zane. Zane, every, everybody really did a good job. Don't, don't feel too bad or anything, but go ahead and give us a, a few parting words for the people. 
I'll have you know, if the NFL ever expands to 40 teams, you better add one to St. Louis. And that $790 million check that's coming to the city better come in cash, too. Saints send-offs are always just so dramatic and perfect. So cryptic. Just, I mean, what more could you want there? But. Direct threat to Roger Goodell. <laughs> well, all right, guys, we're going to stick with a, another football topic here. We're going to move into college football. I want to know, are you more surprised with Lincoln Riley or Brian Kelly leaving schools? And do you think each of the two will have success at their new positions? Of course, Kelly moving to LSU and Riley going to USC. Just want to hear your guys' take from that. We're going to start things off with Tyler. Yeah, uh, I I think that I was more surprised that Lincoln Riley left uh, just because, you know, the you imagine Oklahoma is going to just be on an uptick in terms of viewership, fans, et cetera, moving to the SEC. So it was just a, it's just a weird move. But uh, not that I disagree with it, just that, like, I think it's just an interesting approach for the continuation of his career. Uh, Brian Kelly getting an option to go coach in the SEC. I uh, I know that Notre Dame is high and prestigious and all those things, but I, I kind of also wonder who would say no uh, to that sort of that sort of offer. Uh, I think personally that uh, and you know like you think about USC. USC hasn't been to a New Year's Six in six years 2016 rose bowl so it's like 2017 cotton bowl 2017 so it's like they have not really done anything uh, a lot of really poor seasons so it's going to be harder for him to turn around that program uh but lsu has not been you know very stellar either so if i had to completely battle between the two uh in that sense uh it's already been announced that lincoln riley's quarterback that he recruited the five-star guy number three pick our number three prospect, excuse me, in 2023 is coming with him to USC. So that's huge. You know, you're getting a little bit of that recruitment to come with you. Uh, and we're working with a school like Oklahoma that is so often getting extremely, extremely good quarterbacks in that college uh, to move it now, you know, to the West Coast. Uh, it helps because it gives you a good boost in the beginnings of your program to know that there might be a few guys that are high level that are going to uh, – stick with you because you recruited them and be faithful. So I, I think that that can help you out a lot. Uh, I think Brian Kelly can succeed as well. I mean, Notre Dame was one of the toughest schedules when you look at it for the entirety of the year moving to the SEC. Uh, it's going to be a little bit tougher in terms of the in-conference, but the out-of-conference just got a lot easier for you because Notre Dame obviously being an independent team, you never really – you're just challenging whoever comes at you, and most times it's pretty difficult. And uh, – Notre Dame being so successful this year, I think that he can succeed as well. But I, I would like to see USC uh, make a upturn faster than LSU. So I would say if I had to pick one, I would like to see Riley and his uh, talent head into USC do better. I'd probably also personally say that um, Lincoln Riley more surprised me of leaving, seeing as how he, uh, he didn't have a losing season at Oklahoma since 2017 when he got there. And Brian Kenley, uh, Kelly hired um, – more years there, 10 years. I, I would say Riley would more surprise me, but as far as if he would succeed, it's a bit more of a toss-up for me because I feel like Riley's uh, Riley's coaching works, works in the Big 12 because the Big 12 is a conference that's highly uh, – a highly offensive conference and not really heavy on defense. 
Um, and now, granted, the Pac-12 isn't exactly uh, like the Big Ten in defense, mm-hmm. but still, it, it's more of a toss-up for me to see if it will work in, in a new conference like the Pac-12 in the USC. Now, granted, I have a friend who is an LSU fan, and he wasn't happy with Brian Kelly's hiring, and I can see why. They're 3-8 and eight versus ranked teams, 2-4 and four versus ranked SEC teams while he was at Notre Dame. But let's not forget that Brian Kelly has been successful at every level of his coaching. He won two national championships going back to his time at Grand Valley State. He led a Cincinnati team in 2009 to 12-0 Sugar Bowl. I mean, he led Notre Dame to a national championship in 2012. And Lincoln Riley didn't, or, or um, excuse me, a, a, an appearance in the national championship game, not a national championship. But... That is something that Lincoln Riley didn't do with Oklahoma. And I, 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 I can see Brian Kelly being successful in LSU. Often, coaching-wise, it's been more of a toss-up for me for Riley, but I can, I can see both sides. Well, I, I think Lincoln Riley was probably more surprising to me. There were a lot of rumors that Lincoln Riley was going to take the LSU job, and he said he was not going to be the LSU coach, and he wasn't the LSU coach. He took the USC job. Kind of came out of nowhere. But honestly, I can understand both moves. If you look at if you look at the Lincoln Riley situation, a lot of his recruiting is West Coast recruiting. Caleb Williams, their current starting quarterback, was from the West Coast. Spencer Rattler was from Arizona, and you, we talked about some of the recruits that have left. They they have a big recruiting footprint in the state of California, and if he can go to USC with all of you know, he he's going to put together a great staff. This is a USC program that's now committed to winning more. You, you get Lincoln Riley, the first real head coach they've had since Pete Carroll that can just wow a room, just take over a room. I think that it, it could work out pretty well for them, especially in a division, in a conference in the Pac-12, where your most, your toughest competition in most years is going to be Oregon. Utah is usually pretty tough. UCLA with Chip Kelly, they've kind of rebuilt things a little bit, but this is USC we're talking about. You, you get a real head coach at USC, the talent's going to come in, and they could compete very quickly especially in that conference now you look at brian kelly coming from notre dame ed orgeron and les miles both won national championships at lsu you look at what they've done outside of their time at lsu they weren't very successful head coaches i mean les miles now granted he went to kansas but was terrible there did not do well ed orgeron was not given the head coaching job at usc so outside of lsu these coaches have not succeeded. They they both won national titles. Brian Kelly, like you said, succeeded at every level of coaching. Now it's tough, but this is an LSU team that's two years removed from a national championship. You know, this is a team that can compete very quickly. They can go from being a six and six team, seven and five team to all of a sudden, boom, here they are competing for a national championship just because of the talent, the footprint that this team has. I mean, this year, LSU was not very good. They went toe-to-toe with Alabama. They beat Texas A&M. They're competitive in these games. They're, they're going out there against the best competition, and regardless of how bad of a season they've had, they can still compete. So you bring Brian Kelly, who I think is an elite-level head coach, put Notre Dame in a place where they have not been since Lou Holtz was there. I think it's a really good hire. It makes a lot of sense. And for Brian Kelly, it makes sense, too. They paid him $95 million over 10 years, so mm. I would take that job in a heartbeat. I think you have a much better chance to win a national title at LSU than you do Notre Dame. Yeah, and he's also looking at Marcus Freeman of Notre Dame to join him. And uh, think about the SEC in the near future. These deals that could be, like, bank-breaking now, uh, I can only imagine how much money this new TV deal is going to be for uh, for the SEC. It's going to be ridiculous. Probably the highest ever uh, in college athletics. So it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, 
you could splurge on a guy, be broke for a little bit, but then get it back pretty quick, especially with a you know t- the talent that Notre Dame had on defense. You you gotta at least give him a look, especially having the chemistry there as well. Uh, I personally enjoy the concept. Uh, you mentioned USC. You know USC's the the mecca of college football. I would say you know it's historically one of the greatest. I mean, you're talking about like Notre Dame, USC. Those are two crazy, crazy good like historical football teams uh, in this conversation alone. But uh, you're right about you know USC can just put on a show randomly because the fans are loyal. The fans have always been there, and now you're in a bigger market with these high-profile players. Oklahoma is a big market on on the screen. I don't think that Oklahoma is as huge of a market as, like, California, you know, in terms of, like, pure attendance and whatnot. Oklahoma kills and everything in terms of attendance for itself. But, like, overall, you know, you're going to have a lot more support at USC, I would think. So, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited to watch uh, both of these teams. I think I'll be more excited to watch the Pac-12, though, just because you know, the SEC is going to get either really, really cool or really, really boring really fast in the next couple of years. The, the Pac-12 is always kind of weird. Tosses up. Fun to watch anyway. All righty, well, we will go ahead and step aside for one final break, and when we return, we'll make another cut, and then the final two will battle it out in the last round, 10 or so minutes, to be crowned the champion of tonight's edition of Sports Buzz. Here we are, lookout point. Wow, Jim, the stars are so beautiful tonight. Hey, is that a UFO? The light, it's got me. Jim, Jim! Mary! What? Where am I? Greetings, Earthling. Ah, we require your help. We detected an unusual signal coming from your vehicular object. You must tell us what it is. Or else. Whoa, take it easy. I was just listening to WMUL. WMUL? Yeah, it's my favorite radio station. So that's what good radio sounds like. The rumors are true. Mission accomplished. We must report this to our queen. Goodbye, Earthling. Wait, what? Jim, are you okay? What was that? The truth, Mary. WMUL is out of this world. and welcome to the Music Request Hotline. Please state the name of the genre you'd like to hear. Alternative? You said hip-hop. If that's correct, please say yes. No. You have confirmed hip-hop. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. I said alternative. Country you want to hear? No, no, no. Country it is. No, I said alternative. Alternative rock. music. Tired of ignored requests? Call 696-6651 and get what you asked for on WMUL-FM. No, I want to Now, ladies and gentlemen, the WMUL Request Line singers. Well, I've tried so hard just to let you know that there's nothing I won't do. Every time you play my song, I just want to sing along. 
Every time you play my favorite tune. Call 696-6651 now. DJs are standing by. Welcome back into Sports Buzz. It is time to make another cut, and I'm going to have to send Sean off the show. Sean, you did a great job. Once again, as always, Tyler and Alex doing really good as well, so don't don't feel bad. Do you have any parting words for the people? Uh, it, was a, it was a good run. Uh, that's all I have to say. I'm on about. <laughs> all righty, Sean. Well, we appreciate you coming in and adding in some good commentary throughout the about 45 minutes throughout the show so far but alrighty it's down to the final two Alex versus Tyler here for the winner of tonight's sports buzz and we're going to move into the NBA for a moment here we might return to a football question later but going to go into the NBA for the next topic here this is something that is discussed all the time going back and forth who's you know, not just who's the top player in the league, but around that as well. I want to know from you guys a list of your top five players in the NBA right now. We'll start things off with Tyler Kennett. All right. Uh, I'll be pretty quick, I, I believe, here. Uh, in no specific order, and we can talk order once Alex goes through, but I'll just say, just to give you the five, Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry right now, Giannis, as always. And this is when it gets a little tough, but I will throw you a curveball here. DeMar DeRozan. And uh, I think Anthony Davis. You got to go Anthony Davis. Okay, so I agree with part of what you said. I think that, you know, KD, Steph... Giannis is, is a pretty solid three. No particular order, as you said, but I would um I would struggle to it's it's always hard. When you get out of those three, you know, it, it, it gets pretty tough because you start looking down the line and you know who's been consistent and like in in my heart I still believe that LeBron James is a top five player. I mean, obviously it's kinda hard to say that this year because he's been hurt a bunch, but um that and, and, and I'll be, like Kawhi's been hurt too. He hasn't even played this year. So, it, if if we if, are we going off this season or just like who we think? Because you just know who, who you think. Who oh, you well, think? That changes a lot of things. Because as of right as of right now, you know Kawhi Leonard. You would take Kawhi Leonard over Demar Derozan when healthy, right? Yeah, but, but I he's, didn't, but he's I hurt. Didn't, I thought and, I'm going basically off the players that are playing right now. Because if you're if you're going top five, like who we think's top five player when healthy. I would go LeBron James. I would say Steph, Giannis, KD, and probably Luka, actually. I think that because, you know, he's not had the best start to the season, but the the sheer potential that Luka has as a player is he can become a monster scorer, and he can also rack up rebounds and assists and really can just, when he's on his game, he can. He he'd be one of the players that I would pick if I was starting a franchise. I I don't. I mean, I'm gonna get flamed for saying this, and it might cost me the day. I don't think LeBron is top five anymore, even healthy. I just don't. I I think that 
Kevin Durant, you're talking about debatably the best pure scorer of all time. Steph Curry, the best shooter of all time. I know LeBron's like a case for the best player, but it's just active, still in their prime. You've got KD and Steph Curry right now. Giannis is a, has made a case, in my opinion, for like a top 10 player of all time already uh, in his short time with the Bucks, And he's still, you know, averaging boatload of points, uh, 12 assists, 6 uh, – excuse me, 6 assists, 12 rebounds as well. So, I mean, you, you can't ignore Giannis. Uh, and, I mean, I, I'll explain my DeMar pick for players that are playing right now, but I would probably throw uh, Nikola Jokic in over Luka personally. And then uh, another player I would point – I would probably throw Anthony Davis in LeBron's spot just because it's been widely considered inside of the Lakers locker room and everywhere else that it's Anthony Davis's team. It's just that he just can't stay healthy to make that team his. I just, I just feel like LeBron is slipping in terms of the rankings. I still think that he's like a certified top ten player. I just don't think that like starting five, especially if you're going by uh, position – that you can currently put LeBron at small forward or power forward. I think over Giannis, Kevin Durant, Jokic, players in the front court. I think the problem that we have here is, you know, we don't have a lot of tape on LeBron this season, but the tape we have is very good tape. I mean, the last three games he played 33 points, 30 points, 39 points. Before that, he got ejected in the game against the Pistons, had 10 points. Uh, and then it was 23 points, 30 points. Uh, 26 points, 20, like he's he's averaging 25, 5, and 6. So when he's healthy and he's playing, he's playing very well. It's just that he's he's been a little inconsistent. As far as Anthony Davis goes, great player, but if we're going to talk about going into the postseason, who would, who would you rather have be healthy? Anthony Davis or LeBron James going into the postseason? I think I would. I, and right now I'd rather have Anthony Davis. Why? I just feel like Anthony Davis is the catalyst for the Lakers every time because you can make up for Anthony Davis being uh, out in terms of some of the production, but I don't think that's the answer this year. I think that if LeBron's by himself, he's he's not winning this. But Anthony Davis on his own has players around him that are designed to be around LeBron in terms of shooters to where it's like, yeah, LeBron's averaging – you know, Le- you LeBron is the perfect – There are at least five players averaging more. So it's like I – Feel like LeBron, LeBron? Is, yeah, right now more twenty five points a game. Like you said, you said twenty five five or just, no, just like in, in the, the NBA. League. In the oh, NBA. okay. But like on his team, you know, it, the team kind of sucks. So it's like Anthony Davis is the guy for LA. I just don't think that you could prefer a guy over a dude who's just you know. You know we go back to Jaloka for the joke about it, but like rolling out of bed twenty and ten, he can roll out of bed thirty and twenty. You know, it's like he can just take over a team when he's the only guy on the floor in a way that not a lot of other people can. I disagree with you because I think that LeBron James is the player who can take over a game without anybody else on the floor. And you know why? Because he distributes the ball better than anybody else. I don't think so. I don't, think, he's, I don't think that he's the best assist getter in the league. Well, he's one of them. Yeah, but I'm saying I, I think that LeBron's he's better than a He's good. a better assist person than Anthony Davis. You said that Anthony Davis Anthony is, Davis is like a pure center. Though. Okay, so but you like, said Anthony Davis is more equipped to win by himself than LeBron James. And that, I just don't see how that's true. If you're looking at LeBron... Okay, first of all, Anthony Davis, if Russell Westbrook's in the game, Anthony Davis is going to have to be shooting more jumpers because Russell Westbrook's going to go in the paint. When Anthony Davis is at his best, he's in the paint doing work. You don't want him shooting elbow jumpers all the time. He can make them, but you put LeBron on the floor, 
LeBron is the ultimate assist guy. He can spread the floor out. He can take advantage of their shooters, and he can also score the basketball. He's literally the player that is equipped to win things by himself. He's done it for many years, and I'd, I'm not willing to just jump off that train now because he's had he's had some injuries, and he's well. Right now, it's not even an injury; it's a, a COVID-related thing, which yeah. is out of his control. I don't know. I, I still trust the power of. Westbrook and Davis more than Westbrook Lebron just because I feel like Westbrook and Lebron are very similar style of player slashing playmaker you know so it's like like Lebron's gonna get assists but so is Russell Westbrook well I I I just disagree because I I look at you know what Westbrook and Davis have done together on the floor they went and lost to New York when Lebron was suspended I mean they've They've struggled here. I mean, they got blown out by the Celtics. Like, you look at some of the losses that they've had. They lost to the Bucks. You know, they lost to the Bulls. When LeBron was out, the team hasn't done very well. They haven't done very well this season in general. But I just – what has Anthony Davis won without LeBron James in his career? The ability to get paid as much as he did to come to play with LeBron. That's not, I mean, a, it's that's like, not a play quality, though. Yeah, but, I mean, like, when he was in New Orleans, did you really expect the Pelicans to be an NBA championship team? Because in terms of the market, there's not really been a small market team to win in the NBA in years. When, when, when LeBron James has been injured, what has Anthony Davis done without him? Been a top five MVP candidate. Did they win? Every single year. Did they win? Every single year, he's one of the best players on the floor. So is LeBron. That that does. I just don't think that he is anymore. Based on what? Because of the concept that. Based on the concept in the last three games, he had thirty plus points. I mean, if you wanted to go coming off an injury, then there are so many other players that are better at scoring than him. It's not like, you know, I mean, I was pointing at Demar Derozan just because I was trying to get you to bait in on it. So I guess we're not going to talk about him. But I was enjoying watching Demar Derozan score and lead a Bulls team. I mean, you mentioned the losses that they've had without LeBron. The Bucks and the Bulls are two of the best teams in the NBA. The Knicks are a perennial playoff team this year and were one of the most dangerous teams in the NBA last year. But if Anthony year. Davis is some top five player, he should be able to win those games, right? You can't do it on your own. If you, the well, two, what about Westbrook? Two of those three you were teams talk, you I were just hyping up Westbrook. Two of those teams that I just mentioned had players in my own top five. Well, I, that's a different story for a different day. I don't believe DeMar DeRozan's in the top five. But the, the point is, you talked about Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis being something that you trusted more than LeBron and Westbrook. Yeah. The re, you want to know why? Because they aren't beating these teams? Because why does it matter if they're beating top-level Because NBA winning teams? matters. Okay, it does. In the regular season in the NBA, where the teams that regularly win the championship, I mean, when LeBron won the championship last time, was he the top team in the, in the West? So are the Bulls not good then? Because you're arguing, you're you're doing a different argument than you were a second ago. Because well, I'm just saying that in, you're in saying, wow, the, the Bulls are, set, the Bulls are really good, but have they won anything in the playoffs in a long time? I don't know. So does that devalue them now? But I'm saying regular season wins don't matter in the NBA as long as you make the playoffs, you can make a run. I'm saying that what Russell Westbrook and his ability to just get a rebound and pass the ball, that's all you need him to do. If he would stop shooting these stupid shots when he's running on the floor, what are you going to do? I mean, Russell Westbrook will quietly put up 20 points like he is right now every night, and people will post a highlight of him being bad for one play, and it will be the only talk of the town. So when you think about it, Anthony Davis is a guy who's regularly been like a 20% to 30% shooter from three as a big man. is pretty impressive considering the ability that Russell Westbrook has had Literally, the only reason he won MVP was just because of his ability to fill a stat sheet. So I just feel like he's the guy that's going to 
play harder on defense than LeBron, get an assist or a rebound, and kick it out to Davis, who's probably going to be rolling down the floor. Okay, well, assists, no. He averages three assists. I mean, LeBron's having a down year and averaging six assists, but a couple of years ago he set the, uh, the the record for assists in a season. So Anthony Davis is not going to get more assists than LeBron. And if we're talking about fit, LeBron James is the perfect player fit for any NBA team because he can take advantage of what the team has. If the team has bigs, you can figure out – how to get the ball to the bigs. If the team has shooters, which is where so LeBron— So why did they pick up Westbrook? Like, if he's just this random guy that just doesn't matter, it's like— I think he does He's literally matter. known for getting 10 assists, 10 rebounds, and 10 points almost every game. I think he's he, literally it, known as I think it matters ball. because if you're not going to have— Anthony Davis is a guy that's going to miss games regardless, and LeBron, as of late, has been missing games. He's a guy—Westbrook is a consistent player during the regular season who will get you out there on the floor and get you good minutes— and, and that's why they picked up Russell Westbrook, was to get a star player who's going to be there for them. Now, does that mean that he's the perfect fit with LeBron? Not necessarily, but he doesn't have to play all the time. I mean, he could be a guy, if LeBron's going to the bench, you know, halfway through the first quarter, Westbrook can go out there and be basically LeBron light. I mean, he can just get the ball and kick it out to people. But as far as LeBron, he adapts to pretty much any play style. So you're saying that... Russell Westbrook was added for regular season success. Absolutely. There's no such thing as a player who is only good for the regular season and then they just don't care about him for the postseason. No, I I don't think that's the case. They'll use him in the postseason, but I'm saying that he's a player that they picked up for the purpose of if we have injuries, this is a guy who's consistently going to be able to play for us and he's going to be able to get us wins. That is 100% a thing. There's there's definitely workhorse guys that are going to be there for you and and can get you players. So you know? they're, but they're still going to be your top-level guys in the playoffs, too. Okay. I still think that in the present moment, Anthony Davis is the most important player on the Lakers. You've pivoted me to Westbrook, who I really wasn't even wanting to talk about because we're talking about top five players in the NBA. Westbrook is off this season. I just don't. Because it's such a weird roster. You've got three guys banging in the post. I don't even think that they could win the title. I don't. Year, let alone my, my last LeBron point is I don't think it. that LeBron James is worse than Anthony Davis. I look. How can Anthony Davis be better than LeBron in an injury-riddled season for LeBron James? He's averaging more points and more assists than Anthony Davis. You talked about Anthony Davis. He's of course Anthony Davis is going to have more rebounds. He's a big guy. But LeBron's averaging of more points. LeBron's going to get more points. He's the primary ball handler. You just said Anthony Davis was a top five player and he could get thirty and twenty in his sleep. Why is I mean, he? I think he can. It's like you're, you're saying that. Anthony Davis is a better rebounder because he's a front court player. LeBron James is a better scorer because he's a primary ball handler. But you just said Le- that Anthony Davis at any time can get thirty and twenty. If Why they're going to give him the ball, what do you? But he's not playing right now. Why is he not getting thirty and twenty every night? If if LeBron's not playing, I mean, if you don't think Anthony Davis can just pull out thirty, then you've never watched him play basketball. I think he can. I'm just saying he's averaging less points than LeBron. Well, Le- I mean, LeBron is also known for being the the first scoring option of every team he's ever played. But he's on. not playing right now. Why would you not? let LeBron lead scoring. How many games has he missed? How many games has Anthony Davis played without him? And he's not averaging more points How than How many LeBron? titles has LeBron won without Anthony Davis? Three. Not with the Lakers. With, with out, outside of... Um, Since he's been like... How, how many, many titles how has Anthony has Davis won without LeBron James? How many times has he been to the playoffs without LeBron James? No, Once? He's Twice? Just, he's just been like a top three option for the trades for the Lakers for no reason. He was just, he was just chilling. All righty, guys. Great debate there. One almost stopped you guys, but I just let you guys keep going because it was really good debating. I've been debating back and forth myself who to crown as tonight's winner. I feel like Tyler did do a little bit better in the final segment of the day, and it was so close throughout that I'm actually going to give it to Tyler this time for 
winning this evening's edition of Sports Buzz. Tyler, go ahead and take a victory lap. Uh, I don't know. I don't have much to say other than I don't really like Anthony Davis. I just joke with Alex, and this is all in good fun. Uh, the Lakers aren't even a title contender. Let's go Bulls. All righty. Well, thank you to the both of you guys, and thank you to all the listeners for tuning in tonight. Hopefully, we will be back next week. As me and Alex were talking about at the be, or excuse me, Alex and I were talking about at the beginning of the show. Not exactly sure if we will have a sports buzz next week. Hopefully, we will. But thank you to the listeners for tuning in throughout the semester. And with that being said, have a great rest of your evening, and that will be it for the show. <laughs>